Hi, and welcome back to the Venice Trader Podcast. I'm your host, Njabudun Zamand. This podcast is aimed at helping new and experienced traders navigate the markets and learn from other traders. This is episode number 48. And this in this week's episode, I'm chatting with a good friend of mine, Lisa Khashim Tiana. Um, and this is not going to be a, a, a usual podcast of question and answer, more of a discussion. Um, and we're going to chat a, a little bit on, on a, a big project that he's busy with as a chairman and CEO of T1 Capital. Um, and we're going to chat a bit more about that. How are you doing, my friend? I'm all yourself, Mr. Njebs. Um, um, yeah. I'm good, man. I'm good. I can still be privileged enough to say I'm good. Yeah, man. Especially with, with what's happening in the country at the minute. Yeah, um, it's COVID, it's inequality, it's uh, yeah. visuals on the other side. So one counts themselves blessed to be able to say they are comfortable and they're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, it's 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 great fortune, man. Um, I I mentioned there on 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 the intro there that uh, you you know chief executive and, and chairman of Two One Capital, a project that I'm part of as well as an investor. Um, suppose it's a co-founder as well. Could you you know tell us a bit more of 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 the about about Two One Capital and its objective and what you what 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 you 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 aiming at achieving? Yeah. Thanks, Jabs. Um, I mean, in, in its simplest form, my guy, it's just a thousand young professionals putting together a thousand rand per month for the next 10 years um, with an aim of investing it in the township. Um, we are capitalists. We believe that uh, capitalism is interested in solving problems for a profit. That's the self-interest part of it. And we believe that when that happens often enough, you and you keep getting rewarded for it, you're going to keep looking for more and more problems to solve. And the more problems you solve, the more you're going to get rewarded for it. And society gets shaped when that um, incentive is in place. Um, So in a nutshell, it's a thousand young professionals investing a thousand rand a month and putting it towards investing in township businesses. Yeah, and what, what sort of, of of businesses are you looking to 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 invest in, and what sort of like criteria uh, um, that will say, okay, this is a good or a bad bet, or you know, this is worth putting money in, etc. Yeah, so in the face of it, the way we've structured it is to allow us to take as many bets as possible, and I'm sure you'll touch on this later in the in the in the conversation. Um, so structurally. We make investment sizes of 5,000 rand to 25,000 rand. In fact, today, now, now, I just um, approved a 25,000 rand deal uh, for a gym in Mpumalang. Um, it's, more, it's more the townships that you don't normally think of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the idea is that, listen, we invest in any type of business as long as it's in the township or it solves a township problem. And... What we did, I remember once driving through Deep Sloot and seeing just Sheik on top of Sheik on top of Sheik on top of Sheik. And I thought, this is not what I had in mind when I thought Township. I thought Soweto. I thought Mami Lodi, you know? Yeah. And I thought, what happens if a person from here applies, you know? And I think to your point of what is it that we're looking for, that's why I realized the robustness of our model. You know, I went yeah. back on our website and I read our application form. Um, I think that's where you can check out the application form. And I looked at the questions that we ask on the application. You know, I ask you to describe for us what problem do you see in your society? That's number one. Number two, how do you solve the, that problem? You know, number yeah. three. How big is the problem? So how many people do you think have that particular problem? Yeah. Number four, what percentage of the problem do you plan to solve? So 100 people have this problem. I think I can get to 10 comfortably, you know? Yeah. Then we ask, how much do you want? What is it for? And how much of the problem do you see yourself solving? as a result of our of our investment and 
I think already from there, you can hear that it's not a, to your question, what are we looking for? What type of a business are we looking for? Yeah. It's not your everyday application form that says we need a tall, dark and handsome uh, business <laughs> owner, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's more problem oriented to say, if you can define for us the opportunity set that you see, and then you can show us how you solve that problem for a profit, then we would, we would like to partner with you in enabling you to solve as much of the problem as possible. Um, we're looking for um, very few startups. So mainly we're looking for people that have some entrepreneurial history, be it a month, be it 10 years, at least something, you know, so yeah. that we can also see that Yazin, this is some, someone that is comfortable operating as an entrepreneur. So once some form of um, um, entrepreneurial history, it doesn't have to be profitable, that's fine. Just have some form of an entrepreneurial history and then be able to demonstrate to us through answering those questions that you are actually legit. Because, I mean, I've got experience in financial services. We've got um, our head of investments, township investments, uh, fortunate. She's got a qualification in uh, business development. She's a business development specialist and she's worked for some of the biggest incubators in the country. So we can look at an application form and we can see that the statements correlate and speak to one another and see that you are more or less um, very legit and be able to then make a decision whether we're gonna invest in you or not. But not to make it a daunting process, just describe to us what you see and how you're going to take advantage of that. For us, that's good enough. You know, we don't yeah. think we're ever going to be able to put ourselves in the shoes of someone, what's a Cosmo or Deep Slot or whatever. But we trust that if you can describe the problem the way you see it, we are knowledgeable enough to be able to say, ah, we agree with you. Take care, some money, go and solve it. Yeah, no, and, and I like I like it's it's uh, um simplicity and and you know it's not there's no technical accounting term of you know what's your revenue or EBITDA or whatever the, those things are. It's just simply what's the problem you're solving, how much you need for it, and you know there you go. You know, and also the assistance that um that, you know because I know that you guys also give assistance on technical issues like accounting yeah. standards and stuff like that to entrepreneurs because. We can't be asking entrepreneurs about IBADAs that they don't know about while you guys are an accountant and you can help them with that because their they main objective is to solve the problem they have identified. Yeah. Um, so, look, I mean, you're speaking to the CEO, so I'm going to paraphrase some things because I'm not operational. Um, so we do look at revenue and costs, but to your point, I mean, even the way you heard me not mention them, in the conversation, it's not with a view to take out an Excel spreadsheet and then see which loophole we can find to not give you money, you mm. know? Yeah, yeah. It's just so that you can actually put down words and numbers on a sheet so that we can be able to get a better understanding of what is it that this person is looking at, you know? Some of us are more financially um, educated, so it's easier for us to look at numbers and be able to see, okay, this is how big the problem is that this person is solving, then it is for you to say very big, and then we don't know, Revan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's that. Um, you are correct. We're not looking at EBITDAs for the sake of um, catching you out. We're looking at what are your, what's your revenue, what are your expenses, what's your profit, for the sake of at least speaking that common language, you could take out your guide leap and then, then what? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. You know, gotcha, man. And you know, lastly, before we 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 move on, um, why, 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 why the hood? Why, like, why? <laughs> because you know, the reason why I'm asking this is that um, as investors, primarily, uh, um, yeah. we, we concerned about turning one rent into two. Why, why? Yeah. And I know that uh, um, you know. You you know professionally you portfolio manager managing money in the stock market and that sort of thing and you 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 turning typically turn one rand into two rand that way. 
why 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 township why township businesses why not the the, the stock market why not property why not uh bitcoin why not you know any other way of turning one run into two um and i'm not even interested on it's because uh, you know some people would say it's more riskier than the the market but you know that's not true we, we all know that you know but why why, why township my man I think if you take a picture of any video circulating, you can somehow put that as the um, thumbnail of your podcast for today, you know? Um, that's how deep the opportunity set is. You know, I'm holding a book here now called The Third World, South Africa's Hidden Wealth by Theo Rudman. And at the back, um, there's a, you know, that book review at the back yeah, yeah, by yeah. a very young looking Clemsanta. Um, those who know, he's the founder of Doxadeo and uh, Dimension Data, oh, okay. those things. And then Jengobang Vula, if I go to page one, this book was written in 1988, or it was published in 1988. And they're speaking about South Africa's hidden wealth. And when you consider the fact that we've explored one square mile of our country and directed essentially everything to funnel itself through that. I'm talking about Santon, mm -hmm. right? And you consider the fact that we're the most unequal society on earth, not in Africa, on earth. Nah. Mm -hmm. You then just then start to see factually that the opportunity set lies there, you know? As I say, starting with this book that was written in 1988, where he already was seeing it during the heart of apartheid. Some of us having grown up there, gotten educated at the best universities the country has to offer, and then coming back with our new fresh eyes, I can't find a better opportunity set anyway else. Um, you mentioned Bitcoin. Um, you would know very well that... Um, an opportunity where at least it's things have to be probability weighted mm -hmm. and risk weighted. If you make a hundred million rand risking your life and I make 10 million rand risking a hundred thousand rand, I have a bigger return. Not because um, I'm philosophical, but because factually you took a risk, you took a capital risk, you took a risk on your life and I took a risk that is only limited to a hundred thousand rand loss. So that's why the township, um, as I said, our investment sizes are five to 25,000 rands. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing that that's one of the few places where you can take such a small bet and someone can shoot the lights out, you know? Mm -hmm. So the, the opportunity asymmetry is just phenomenal. It's unbelievable. It's, I was talking to my dad this afternoon and I was saying, you know, I'm so envious of doctors because they go, they open up a surgery in the township and they get every day 250 rand from 100 clients for flu medication, you know? And if you do your meds, I mean, we're talking about what? Um, 250 times 100, that's 25,000 rand a day that this guy is making just so for you to come in, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> And you can hear, because remember that flu is diagnosed, you can hear the breathing patterns. Mm -hmm. And then you can tell you've got pneumonia or you've got bronchitis or you've got a dry cough or a wet cough or what have you. And then boom, 250 rand made, 25,000 rand every single day, you know? And the only reason the rest of us are not doing that is because we have not been able to translate our professions into the simplest way that we can solve problems in the township, you know? It's yeah. very difficult for me as an accountant to put up a sign that says, for 250 rand, I will do this for your business. And then business owners can all line up, come in, I do a quick breathe in, breathe out exercise, and then they give me 250 rand and, 200, and two weeks later, they're back to full health. Uh, well, yeah. The opportunity set is just phenomenal, my man. I haven't even spoken about the fact that we're from the township and it's the right thing to do. As we are seeing, some of us are hitting corporate ceilings. Some of our sisters are hitting, hitting corporate ceilings. We've been fighting for uh, the composition of corporate South Africa to look differently. 
Mm-hmm. And I have confidence that it's never going to happen. And it's not because I'm pessimistic. It's because it's difficult to solve something you don't resonate with. You know? Yeah. I think as we were speaking of a, I had my knee surgery and I'd be standing with friends with my crutch and they'd say, let's take a picture. And I say, cool. And then they say, no, leave the crutch today. And I'm there thinking, you basically just said to me, leave my support there. You yeah. know? And now, if you ask me to invest in a business run by a disabled person, I can relate with the fact that this person still has their mind. This person still has the ability to solve problems. It just so happens they have a, that they have a physical impediment that has nothing to do with the business at that point in time. You know? Yeah. But yeah. if... Yeah, if you have to write me a king code for me to include disabled people, good luck, you know? <laughs> so the opportunity set is, 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 is insane. There's problems to solve left, right, and center. There is, there is unemployment, so there's labor to be gotten. There's nothing is working, my man. Almost nothing is working. You know, it was built as a concentration camp. We all know that mm-hmm. during apartheid. So in terms of services, even today, the taxi services are designed that you must go to town to buy groceries. You must go. Only now we're starting to build the shopping malls there. And it's because some people are realizing that, hey, there actually is money to be made if you can bring the shopping mall closer. But there's so many other services that are still there that can still use with us solving those problems. And each of those problems that you solve, as we did say, in a capitalist society, is more and more profit that you're making. Yeah, true. You know, you touch on on um, asymmetric bets that you 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 uh, like that, but like you take that with 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 T one C because a uh, um, township businesses by and large are very cash generative, um, which means a the risk is very limited, but the upside is 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 quite broad. And as a trader myself. Uh, uh, you know, I, I work with probabilities every day, and I work with with asymm- I take asymmetric bets every day. Um, the law of probabilities say if your wins are big enough, it doesn't matter how many losses you take. If that few yeah. times that you're right, they 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 quite impactful. For example, um, you know, in, in in my portfolio, I think I'm right about two, 23 odd percent of the time, but I'm quite profitable because my average win is 10 times bigger than my average loss. Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, with, 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 uh, um, uh, with what you guys do with T1C, you don't have to be right, uh, you know, a lot. You just have to rewrite enough in a big enough way you know, such that even if you're wrong a hundred times, that few five times that you're right creates a bigger impact. And even on the wrong, uh, you know, wrong in terms of, um, you know, that bet and ending up in a loss. In, when, you look, when you're looking at, at, at such bets in, in full totality, they're not really a loss because they had a compounding effect. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're 100% spot on. I mean, um, you just have to look at even simple things. You know, I'm looking now, um, my little sister is attending a private school, Aurora grade one, and hasn't mm-hmm. missed the day of school this year. Um, I can't imagine that there's no parent that wishes their kid can have uninterrupted schooling, you know, yeah. COVID or no COVID. Um, and you sit there and you think, how do you solve a township literacy problem in the heart of COVID? And already then you start to realize that if you can solve that problem, then those parents automatically become your client. And if you look at for how much we're solving the problem for versus the upside of what people, and I think that's the power of looking at problems, you know? Sometimes you can't quantify how much a solution means to someone, you know? True. Um, when people are uncomfortable, they will sometimes pay anything for you to get them out of their, un- their uncomfortable position. And as a result, we know from a financial perspective, the worst that we can do is lose 84 million rand, which is the 
120 million rands over 10 years and 70% of it going to the township. Mm-hmm. The, the worst that we can lose is that. Outside of that, it's all upside. It's all a matter of, as I say, the more you make the community more livable, the more, if you can put that into rands and cents, banking people, making it easier for them to get from point A to point B, making it easy for them to get certain services, you know, the number of looters today that are going to need legal representation, you know, imagine if you could make access to a lawyer um, to them, Uh, things like that, you know, those things are invaluable. Um, What price do you put on your freedom? But as things stand, there's no way to inject formal um, uh, services into the township. Sometimes it's even things like safety, for example, where Mm -hmm. if you and I feel as if we can't comfortably go to Mami Lodi and work and come back today, then it's difficult for them to get that service. Now, that's the other thing about Duxebenza Nabantu. People start to know you. People start to see, you know, Los Amas, Longebs. You approach whatever, because there are people that went to work today that have to go back home to their township. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell Muguti they have to sleep outside because they can't be allowed in, you know? And when people see Muguti, okay, this is Jabs coming back home, it then starts to create that security around even you, where you start to feel secure amongst the people because of the social ties. I think that's one of the wonders here, Stockfells, why Stockfells work. Mm-hmm. It's not because they've got strong controls when it's coming to... I mean, when it comes to, what do you call this? Um, to managing money. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you are, it's a social vehicle. You are strongly linked to one another such that, where are you going to stay? Because we know where you stay. Even if you run away, we know where that your parents are here. You will have let them down. You will have brought shame to the family. Yeah, yeah. All of those things. Um, the upside is phenomenal, Jabs. I know it sounds it may sound like I'm rambling on, but I think it's one of those quantifying solutions, quantifying a livable arrangement. How much would you pay for your kids and your wife and family to have a safe environment that assures that they will get the best opportunity to live a fruitful life? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and you know, when, yeah. when when you when you were mentioning there that um, uh, it's eighty four million rand over a ten year period going into into township businesses and into into township entrepreneurs, I, I quickly just divided because you you mentioned it's like between five and thirty thousand. I just took the the um, the high extreme. That's about if yeah. assuming that um, five and twenty five. You, oh, five and twenty. I use thirty, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. Assuming yeah. thirty, assuming it's thirty thousand per entrepreneur, that's two thousand eight hundred bits. And and yeah. I don't care how bad you are at selecting business. You can't select two thousand eight hundred bad businesses or two thousand eight hundred bad entrepreneurs. I don't care how bad you are in in, in selecting people. Moreover, um, even if that, even if those. To, uh, 2,800 entrepreneurs end uh, end up not uh, um, giving giving T1C the return that uh, um, you know we, we were hoping for. The the impact or the lasting effect of of that impact because you know we we, we spoke before um, about the bank that uh, funded Coca Cola doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And. and- yeah, I was about to say, that's that's the other thing that sometimes we don't realize about some of the bets and the work that we're doing. That, you know, from a survival perspective, I would like to see ten, uh, T1C 10 years from now. You know, some people say to me, so I'm going to have to wait 10 years for me to see my return. And it's one of those, look, I'm asking for 10 years worth of patience in you. If it takes 10 years, I at least have got that leeway. But to your point, I make an investment today. That person starts on their own trajectory and their own tangent. And tomorrow, that person can be a success, a phenomenal success, more successful than we will ever be. To your point, the bank that funded Coca-Cola doesn't exist today. 
<laughs> the bank that funded AB and Bev doesn't exist today. So as a result, as a result, what happens is that um, it stops even being about our survival, but about us doing as much as we can, as well as we can, while we're in business. And then from there, the ripple effect is it's phenomenal. Some of the companies that we're investing in are going to bail us out in our toughest times because they are the only strong enough organizations that exist in the township to make such a return. True, true, yeah, true, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, I know 100%, man, 100%. Because there's a, there's a tail return here. You know, we always talk about tail risks, but there's a tail return here that's, um, yeah. Like, you know, speaking of, 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 of looting that we're seeing in the, in, in the townships right now, mm-hmm. um, the tail return yeah. is that over time, mm-hmm. if, if enough of these kind of bids, not just from T1C, from other organizations as well, from other people that would have a similar, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, thought of, of investing in the township. Is, is that yeah. when people are stealing food or people are looting food, it, that says a lot. And people would not need to, 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 to loot foods if they had jobs and if they had... Um, uh, you know, you know, food that you know they bought themselves, and if you you build businesses in the township, you you build an ecosystem that people don't need to go to Centen to to advance their careers. People don't need to, to uh, you know, to wear a suit and tie to advance their career. They can just do that next door. Yeah, I mean, we have a legacy of the migrant labor system where it was easier to control people by putting them in the township and so that they travel to work so that it's not easy for them to uh, riot, acquire um, property, what have you, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And to your point, at some point, we are now at a point where we're in a democratic South Africa and that hasn't changed, or it hasn't changed much. Um, And as a result, people people are just, yeah, people playing get tired, you know? People have, are losing hope. Uh, I don't have the barometer on hope, but as you say, it's not encouraging when now you have to go steal food. It means you don't necessarily believe that you've got the means to go buy the food yourself, or you don't foresee that, as you said with your meat analogy um, earlier, you don't foresee that you'll be able to afford that particular piece of meat given what you earn or given where you work. You know, it's like what they say with South Africa, we have a middle class that essentially is paying to stay in the middle class. You get paid enough to go to work, get dressed and go back to work again. Everything yeah. else in between. You know, but as I say, for me, it's solving that, you know, it's not fighting inequality. Those are the offspins of what we're doing. As you say, those are the tail returns of what we're doing. For me, if you can solve the problem of People have to go transport, people have to travel far to work. Okay, the one way is to um, create a lot of transport businesses. The other way maybe is to put Wi-Fi hotspots around the uh, township and therefore people can work from home. The other way as well is to build strong township businesses. And there's there's a value accrual for that. Money doesn't, it's like energy, it doesn't get lost in the ecosystem, it just gets redirected and retransferred somewhere else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think what's been said for me is when people say to me, um, because of the lockdown regulations, a lot of jobs have been lost in the alcohol uh, industry. Um, think of the cleaners, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I say to them, so essentially the logic you're using is saying that if crime goes away, Lawyers, policemen, prison warders, uh, prison nurses are going to lose their jobs. As a result, we need this evil to keep society running. You know, I fail to resonate with that logic. And I rather prefer the logic that says that let's actually invest in the good businesses um, that are able to sustain and solve problems in our communities. And through that, we will see a redirection of the economy. You know, 
yeah. into the things that we need anyway. And in most cases, it's things we consume anyway, you know. Going to buy food, a shop right, two taxis down the road, um, versus going to buy food at the corner that is fresh from a urban garden in your community is exactly the same type of food. It's just the one you paid it, you paid a lot cheaper for it. Yeah. So now you've got 25 rand to tip the guy or to spend on another service in the community that otherwise wouldn't have had your trans, your 25 rand because you're spending it on transport. And a new economy then emerges in that regard. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's that. Um, it's that. And I was shocked speaking to my dad today. Um, he coined it perfectly, Ure. You guys are actually effectively creating markets. And I thought that's that's a less humble way of saying it. Um, but it's exactly that. You know, if you read the book, yeah, Raymond Ackerman, the founder of Pick and Pay, yeah. he explains how he formed the retail industry out of nothing in South Africa. And now we have one of the strongest retail industries in the world. And you realize that he made a market for himself where market didn't exist. And he did it so well that today we can speak of retail in the terms that we do, yeah. you know? And yeah. it's those sort of solutions that we want to bring to the township. We want to be able to help it function more like an economy. And by doing that, we're opening up our own um, markets. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, you know, you know what, I, what I like about, about you and about, and about T1C in general, and, you know, I've met the people, I've met the team before, is that, you know, it's people that uh, truly, truly understand the edge um, it's not just the uh, you know it's it's people that understand the township that understand uh, um, uh, you know the edge in that particular market that you guys are creating or you guys are exploiting uh, um, or, or you know tapping into for get, get, like understanding your edge and then I'm sure a lot of traders would would, would resonate is, is is one of the most fundamental or the most important aspect of of uh, um, you know probabilistic thinking and, and, and working with, with uncertainty and probabilities. You know, both in, 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 in the market and outside of the market, you know, how, how, how do you understand your edge as a, as a fund manager and, you know, as a person that invests in, 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 in the township and it's, you know, methods or, um, how does your edge attain your objective in, in the market, whether list in the listed market or, or you know, in the township market? Look, um, and I think you'll probably do a lot of educating me in this regard. Um, but as I, as I comprehend it, and I think it's a conversation we're having earlier on, you know, uh, firstly, the, this concept of edge, period, Right mm -hmm. before we go to your edge or an edge in J, whether I don't know how to personalize it, mm -hmm. right? You know, if I read and you don't read, and the activity we're engaging on requires some knowledge, the fact that I'm reading already gives me a higher chance of executing that activity better than you. Not necessarily that I'm better than you at executing the solution, it just so happens to be that. I'm reading the solution. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. That's sort of a thing. And I think that's one of the things that um, you find in the markets, the concept of the perfect market hypothesis fails on. The fact that in the market, there actually are information asymmetries. There are people that have better information than other people, you know? Mm -hmm. And in that regard, that can factually become an edge. Whether it's your edge or not, it becomes debatable. It becomes a matter of how widely available that information is. Um, equally so, you know, for starters, in the township, I would say, I don't think we particularly have an edge over anybody else, except that we first get our information edge as a start. So we know what everybody knows in the township. Um, our edge starts being little things. Like, for example, we want young professionals and not unemployed people, for example, because we want somebody that is executing the solution 
in their environment at work. And then when they come and they put their eyes on the township, they're able to identify similarities in their training and the lack of the solution that they have in this particular place, you know? Yeah. That's the first. Secondly, this person is employed, so they actually can survive a whole lot of setbacks because they're living on their salary. They're not depending on this to make, a, to make money for them to be okay. You know, I think you were posting a thread this week where you kept saying, don't, I think you said, don't trade because you have to make money or something to that effect, you know? Yeah, I, I, I said, uh, don't, you, you never trade from the mindset of, I have to make money, whether from the trade yeah. or from the series of trades. Yeah, yeah. and speaking about um, the risk-reward um, asymmetry, for example, nah, mm-hmm. I'd like to think with the caliber of investors that we get, if I lose all the money, they're not going to die of poverty, you know, or die mm-hmm. of hunger, you know? And the ability, even that is an ability. So now I go into the township and the entrepreneur that's there is what we call a survivorship business where it's hand to mouth. The money that he makes today, tonight is going to be in the pot. Tomorrow he has to wake up and make that money again. Yeah. Versus the edge that we have is that the money that we make, we can reinvest, you know? The money that we invest in, we can afford to lose it then we become a lot more entrepreneurial in our approach of investing in the township. The other, um, just by virtue of strategy, like I saw, um, um, said that they're going into the township and they're finding it challenging um, and for a whole host of limitations. You know, for example, I like to say, we don't give look away capital. Look away capital is a loan. I give you a hundred thousand rand, I don't care how you pay it back. I just know that you must pay it back in the next, whatever, five years, right? Yeah. That doesn't give FMB any particular edge or incentive to ensure that you're going to succeed. In our case, we don't give you lookaway capital. We give you equity. We say we want to invest alongside you. And by equity's nature, you don't have to pay us back. You have to be profitable. And <laughs> after you're profitable, if you don't declare dividends, you have to explain to us why. Because theoretically, profits belong to shareholders. But remember, dividends are at the discretion of management. So mm-hmm. you can defer dividends indefinitely as long as you have a good enough reason. Yes, yes. But, or even without a good enough reason, just by virtue of being management, you can defer dividends indefinitely. Yeah, well? Yeah. So already there, we incentivized, it's skin in the game. We incentivized to ensure that we make sure that you're in a position to pay us back our dividends. And that automatically gives us an edge. Now, when we are finding something challenging, we solve it, especially if it stands in the way of us making a return. Mm-hmm. If the guy that gave you a loan finds something challenging about your environment, they just take their money back and move out the end. Yeah. Yeah. So all those little things add up to be um, edges, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, someone can say, Minankulekasi, so as a result, I can see opportunity better than you. Well, debatable, because Kulekasi Sonke, except you stayed there, so you probably have better experience there. But now I've even gotten to go and learn business models and ways of uh, monetizing problems and monetizing solutions. So I have an edge over you in that regard. And now I get to look in and compete in your environment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's those, yeah. yeah, it's those little pieces of edge that I think I'd say um, are in T1C's uh, favor. I mean, including the numbers at the end of the day. Um, a thousand is a comfortable number to work with, but it's also a very difficult number to break down and um, yeah, essentially defeat. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and, and also, uh, you know, when we, uh, and, and, and another part of 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 the the edge is that you have a thousand minds. Yeah. Well, oh my God! Don't get me started on that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, 
besides the entrepreneur who described the problem in their own eyes, mind you, yeah. right? So instead of prescribing to the entrepreneur, have EBITDA of three to one or whatever, right? We are saying to the entrepreneur, how do you see the problem? Our application form is an edge. The fact that we constantly have people giving us business opportunities when they apply for money by describing the opportunity set that they see. And whether we fund you or not, we now have that knowledge. There are five applications that look like this and all of them see this the same way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but we're not in the business of um, starting businesses ourselves. So taking away your lunch, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We know how that story ends. Mochon Chalaban to their ideas and 100 years later, um, they still haven't gotten their fair royalties. Yeah, it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. And th- th- that's not the purpose of, 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 of this vehicle in, in anyway. Not at all. You know, um, you know, I, w- I wanted to touch on, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, moving back to, to to the market a little bit. Um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you and I were talking the other day about, you know, our, you know, you you uh, um, you you are a value investor, and a huge part of your edge is your understanding on the on understanding on the balance sheet and what you do with it. Um, you know, you're far much better off than someone who doesn't you know, understand how the balance sheet works and, and you know, the, how the financial statements work. And you, therefore you have an edge in such that you can recognize uh, 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 patterns that from a probabilistic, from a probabilistic, oh, from a probabilistic standpoint, um, that they can repeat themselves with, you know, decent regularity um, and, when when you're wrong, you're not wrong by much. But when you're right, you're right by by a heck ch- by you know by a ton. How is that important to to a understand the that distribution of how big your winners are and how small your losses are, um, in relation to the number of bets that you will take? Because there's always going to be a random distribution between uh, um, your wins and losses you know, more so in the markets? Yeah, look, that's a very loaded question, my man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're testing my ability to pay attention. Um, probably answer it backwards, or maybe I'll, I'll answer it the way I appreciate my philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, it's the fact that I look at balance sheets, for example, right? Um and on the balance sheet, I'm looking for something simple. Um, you need to have cash, period. More cash than your liabilities. And if you've got more cash than your liabilities, you can't go out of business. Um, if you want to be a bit more nuanced, you, you might say more cash than your liabilities and operating expenses for a particular year, you know, mm-hmm. especially the fixed ones, which is fine. I mean, it's neither here nor there. Um as I say, that essentially makes you bulletproof. You can never go out of business when you don't owe anyone money or when you've got three, four, five times um, your annual liabilities um, in, uh, what do you call this? In, in cash. In cash, right? Mm-hmm. Then from there, you do a particular pricing of um, the entering of the trade, you know? So... I know in most, okay, let me not speak for them. Let me just speak for myself. If I'm buying a company that has got that type of a balance sheet at one rand, I'm a lot safer than if I'm buying that company for 20 rand a share. Mm -hmm. Because if this company goes down, I can only lose my one rand. Versus if I buy the 20 rand, I can only lose, I mean, I will lose 20 rand, Mm -hmm. 21 rand. So based on whatever valuation I came to, the closer to zero I can pay for that opportunity, the less money I'm risking or the lower the risk that I'm taking, given that we've even already determined that this company cannot go out of business at all, or unlikely to go out of business. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're much, much lower, you know? Mm-hmm. And then from there... 
the sky is the limit, you know. Um, the price can go to whatever it wants. Um, if the company is profitable, earnings, and that's the other thing that I love about my methodology, the fact that I take dividends, I invest for dividends. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even buying at a discount to profit, I'm buying at a discount to dividends. So now every year they declare dividends, I've got cash back in my bank account. I have de-risked that position, mm-hmm. but I still hold shares in that company. And for as long as that company continues to exist, every year I'm getting a disproportionate return for the amount of risk that I took in that company. And you see it in the companies last year when they announced uh, coronavirus um, lockdowns, mm-hmm. you know, complete lockdowns. And everybody thought invested as if the world is over. While some companies were sitting on multiples of their market cap in cash, meaning that if I buy the share today and the company closes because now we're in COVID, which some companies did, this company can afford to pay back the shares, I mean, the liabilities, and the money that is left over is more than what I paid for in the share price on the stock market. Now, now when you take a risk like that, come on. That's a proper asymmetric bet. Yeah, you can't call me smart or brave for doing something like that, you know? Yeah, Um, And people say, yeah, but I mean, then you're dealing with small caps or whatever you... No, you're looking at Mr. Price, African Rainbow Minerals, um, off the top of my head, they're delisted, in fact. I think that was one that shocked you and I. Um, also, remember that mine? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, one day they delisted and they declared a massive dividend and we're there wondering, yo, what the <laughs> hell is going on, you know? And in situations like that where you effectively are saying that this company is valued at a price that it makes more sense for them to delist than it does for them to stay in business. Mm-hmm. However, since businesses by nature are in the business of staying alive, they're not in the business of today closing shop. As this company stays alive, I'm making just insane amounts of money for no good reason. Yeah, other than yeah. the fact that I followed logic, and that's even what I love about the 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 the, the methodology. I mean, speaking to the concept of um, asymmetric return, um, it's the fact that I don't have to be brave about it, and I think that's what I always. I don't have to predict. I don't have to guess if there's gonna be a turnaround strategy that's gonna work. The numbers as of today say that you are actually giving someone one rand that has got, that is giving you five rand back, you know? Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. Yeah, you know, as, 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 as you're talking there about, about the, the, you know, the dividend being paid out, meaning that you're de-risking your investment, you know, it takes me to, you know, uh, one of my, my, my strategies of, you know, I never ex- exited targets. I always, you know, throw my stop loss behind me. And every time I stop, my stop loss passes that 2% profitability, profit, profitability, profitability mark. In other words, that, you know, if my stop is hit, I'll, I'll end up with a 2% profit. I feel uh, uh, now I'm in a position of a risk, risk-free opportunity because whatever happens, I'm not losing money. Whether I'm adding to that position or not, whatever happens, I will not lose money because all my bets are 1% bet. So if I lose on a 2% bet, I'll you know, drop down to a percent. And the upside is always unlimited. You know? And once, once the company that you, you've invested in has paid you in dividend as much as you've paid uh, for the company, that's a risk-free opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, I think you've been investing with me long enough that one of the reasons I can do my township work is because I don't know how to explain the JC anymore. Like, yeah, if if there are risk-free opportunities on the JC, <laughs> I don't see why I have to sound smart, making it more complicated than it is. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, the logical thing to do is just take it and don't make a big deal of it. You know, yeah, um, yeah. 
You know, give, you give, it, yeah. Yeah, given that such opportunities or such uh, um, strategies, as it were, that you could end just, you could find yourself in, 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 you know, though rare, but you could find yourself in risk-free opportunities. What, what, like, what, why do you think the success rate, especially in the, in the stock market, is so low? Uh, temperament. Um, it's scary to buy Louis at 30, 30 rand, 36 rand, risk-free even then. Mm-hmm. Right? And it drops to 12 rand. Um, you feel like you want to vomit. Um, there's a cognitive dissonance where you are right, but everyone around you says you are wrong. Management says you're right. You say you're right. Um, you're the only two people that matter, um, especially when you look at the fact that we're looking at dividends. You know, management is buying back the 10% of the company. They're declaring a three rand dividend, um, which is what three rand is 20, is it 20 or 25% of 12 rand. And the company is sitting at 12 rand. And yeah, you're getting 25% of your money back come dividend season. But yeah, everyone around you is saying the world is ending. I think the ability to, and maybe some people say it's philosophy, some people say it's discipline. Um, yeah, that that feeling is not nice, you know. Yeah. Um, it's called mob mentality. And I don't know why sometimes we act as if it doesn't exist or <laughs> maybe we say it doesn't exist. In other words, you're sitting in a situation where you wouldn't normally act against the facts but you're sitting with a bunch of people that are going in the opposite direction and you just find yourself going with them and yeah psychology explains that better than i ever can we're human beings we're social beings we don't like to stand out we like to belong we don't like to be wrong alone um even to be right alone we actually are uncomfortable with it you yeah. know, we like social proofing. We like to be with the crowd that tells us that we're correct. I think things like that, um, people call it risk appetite. It's just if you don't explain it, then people don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But it's the ability to stomach being right when the indicators, the common indicators <laughs> of rightness or the accepted indicators of rightness um, are saying otherwise, you know? Yeah. Um, you watch Business Day Live and Jabulo says to you, I don't like small caps. And you all of a sudden feel like, oh, is there something wrong with the position that I'm holding? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you don't listen for why does he not like small caps? Maybe Jabulo is an asset manager at Alan Gray. And if he puts 2 billion rands in a small cap, that small cap doesn't exist anymore. You know, yeah. Um, so he's saying he doesn't like small caps because of that. When I, with your two hundred rand, two thousand rand, you can comfortably get inside that small cap and realize your return without um, a flincher. So I think it's that it's our need to get validation, our need to belong with other people, and when we go and look for answers to get that validation. Um, we look in all the wrong places or we look in all the places that tell us things that we don't know how to qualify. So we don't know how to test what the experts are saying. And as a result, we then give up our thesis and then accept that we're wrong. And yeah. we sell short. You know, it's greed and fear, the constant battle. Um, yeah. yeah, you end up leaving the position too short because you don't want to lose even more money in inverted commas. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it, it speaks to, 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 to conviction because, you know, you, you need a great, like great uh, uh, sense or a great amount of conviction to stay with the position when the, the, the crowd is saying, you know, to your point, you know, the crowd is saying you're wrong. You would need conviction to, to uh, um, uh, you know, to stay with that position. Because, you know, for example, I remember... Um, uh, you know, there was a, there was, there was quite a bit of a, a sell-off in the market in one of the positions that I was on, um, and then people around me were taking profits because we were on, you know, we happened to be on the same trade, and I needed 
that amount of conviction to say, my reason for being in the trade is still valid and still in the market. Therefore, I'm staying with my position. It doesn't matter what, what you, you're doing in your portfolio, but in mine, you know, I still have that conviction to, to stay with my position. And it goes to a point where it's very, very hard to, you know, stand, stand against the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, as I say, we're social beings, you know, it's hammering. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely painful. Um, there's a cognitive dissonance. You really, you can't relate. You, that's why I say the feel, the best feeling I could give it is to say you are a vomit um, because you don't know how to, how to react. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, yeah, you know it's the same for 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 traders when when they have to stick with the trading system during um, a bad spell, you know, because every every trading system goes through, you know, the the a, a bad spell, and often uh, um, traders will divorce a trading system because of a rough patch, and you know, set you know few days or seconds after they divorce the system, then it starts to work. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, and that's why, for example, it's like parenting, you know, uh, one of the reasons why it's so painful. Um, because you sometimes you have your principles, you have your values, you know what you want to teach your child. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else is doing something else. And to your point, especially when your child is not okay, you know, um, I've discussed certain beliefs with my dad and he said to me, you know, you'll see when you have children, especially when they get sick, you know, sometimes you get so desperate for them to be well that you'll believe anything that anyone offers you. And it's not because you're an idiot. It's because you have such a such a strong desire for you to relieve your child of, of pain. Obviously, it's an extreme example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 could, I, could, I could relate though. I'm a parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's exactly that as well, especially because remember, and that's why I think one of the best things that um, Simon and Christia used to do, especially in the earlier days of Just One Lab, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the Fat Wallet show was to say, you know, if you've got relationship problems, go see a psychologist. If you've got um, budgeting problems, go see a financial planner, those sort of things, because you want to take away as many of the attachments that are involved when it comes to you dealing with money, you know, such yeah. that especially for edge purposes in investing and in the market, you don't want to look at your 15,000 rand bet and say, that's my child's school fees, because then your reaction is a lot different to if you look at 15,000 rand as 1% of your 1.5 million rand uh, portfolio, you know? Yeah. And yeah, based on that, then you, as I say, you have, you have, you have very different, uh, different um, emotional reactions towards that particular trade that you have, and as well as who you listen to and what they're saying about it, you know? Even yeah. the confirmation you're looking for is better. You're not looking for confirmation to save your child's school fees. You're looking for confirmation that you're right or wrong, full stop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Namaji, I uh, think we could park it here, man. We, we could talk all day long. We can talk till the sun rises. And it's always great talking to you, Maji. Thank you very much. Um, do, do you want to add anything before we close up? Yeah, look, uh, I think we've already covered a lot of it um, in the podcast. Um, I think for me, I mean, from a thousand thousand perspective, um, it's to say I really would encourage people to just look in themselves and do a bit more for themselves, um, for themselves, for their communities. Not from a, I'm not saying join T1C. I mean, dates you apply, there's an invite, what have you. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's so sad when you ask people. Um, What's the problem here? And the first thing that comes out is the problem with government or <laughs> as a country, we lack leadership. Yeah. Uh, you know, those sort of things that are valid. 
you know yeah, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. have no way of being falsified you know it's to my i think my message earlier in the week where you really start to appreciate people that take accountability for their own outcomes no matter how painful it is um sometimes it's not that you're wrong you're not wrong at all it's just you need to realize that you're about to die you know yeah. and you owe it to yourself to fight for yourself and not put your hope or your trust in anyone else fighting for you or getting you out of that particular position that you find yourself in you know yeah and yeah, yeah you, you take that you take emotion out of it and you climb you climb out um obviously these i'm talking business lessons right now to say you know you don't take it personally you look at your portfolio and if it's not the way it should look accept that you're wrong you know mm-hmm. and you may not be wrong per se but let it push you to ask the right questions from the right people that allow you to falsify your argument don't find yourself in a position where you say you're right but you're losing money and it's government's fault or it's leadership's fault imply implicitly you're saying if leadership never changes you're not going to survive yeah you yeah, know yeah yeah so i think yeah that would be it my g um yeah i'm trying to just stay very far away from other aspersions and what have you you know you don't want to be wise during crisis you know if you are wise ya dingeka lapho phambili khona there's a war going on impi ya dingeka lapho phambili you know don't be a microphone uh, expert yeah no, no, 100%. Yeah. Now, uh, um, you know, before, before I let you go, most importantly, how do entrepreneurs uh, um, apply um, any contact details that they could apply at? Um, or, you know, I know through the website as well, but, you know, other emails or what have you. And um, how do people invest in, in, in 2 and c um, so for now, our primary tool is the website and the ideal, the, the reason and the idea behind that is that we want to standardize applications, you know, we want the type of information that we're getting to be able to be analyzable and usable later on to continue yeah, yeah. to help those very same businesses solve problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that regard, it's uh, t1capital.co.za. And you go there, if you're an investor, you go under join T1C as an investor. If you are a business, you go to the SME portal or SME application, and they will give you the opportunity to apply for funding um, as an SME. Um, You fill out the questions in as much detail as possible. Um, It's just so that we can get to know you better and understand you better it's not so that we can see how difficult we can make an application form yeah and then if you're an entrepreneur 99 chances are you're gonna get the funding that you're applying for and if you're an investor yeah that one unfortunately it goes through credit checks it goes through an application um evaluation mm-hmm. and mainly what we're doing there is an affordability criteria because we don't want money for the sake of money we, wa- we actually want people that can afford to stomach parting with a thousand rand a month for the next 10 years and can engage um, on the solutions that are needed in the township. We're not looking to help you get rich quick. We're not looking to very quickly get your money so that we can quickly go and make investments. Um, it's a 100% mutual relationship of trying to make sure that you're the right person to walk this journey with us so that we don't have to look over our shoulders whenever we want to make an investment or do we have the required amount of capital to invest, but then also that we've put you on a path that is putting strain on you and your family's resources when the responsible thing would have been to rather advise you to, um, say, manage your money in a particular way and not be, I mean, we're an alternative investment, yeah, you know, yeah. to not be fishing for alternative investments to solve your problems. As you said, you know, earlier, don't trade from a mindset of I have to make money. 
we don't want to be investing alongside people that have a mindset that this has to work next week, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or ever. Yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> I personally hope it has to work ultimately over the 10 years. I mean, lives are at stake. And yeah. I mean, yeah, we're seeing now that um, inequality is unsustainable. Um yeah, inequality is just unsustainable. It's it's very impossible to keep people in an environment where they cannot have a livelihood, a form of supporting their wife, their wives and children. Yeah, true, you know? true. So, yeah, so I didn't harp on it too much because the business opportunity is phenomenal, mm-hmm. but it has to work. Um, it absolutely has to work. Um, our country needs it. Yeah, I know. And I, be, I, I truly, truly believe that it will, um, you know, if, if not for profits, for impact, I, I truly believe that, um, you know, it, it will, it's, it will achieve its in, in intended purpose. Maji, thank you very much for, for your time. I'm, you know, looking forward to, 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 to the first AGM um, of, of, you know, I remember you, 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 you posted, a, you know, your, the first sense announcement to, 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 you know, the, the small group of investors that, you know, has joined uh, T1C already. I'm looking forward to the, the first AGM and I'm looking forward to seeing some of these businesses flourish, um, uh, you know, you guys turning lives and, you know, wishing you all the best for, 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 for T1C and all the bets that you make. Um, you know, yeah, man, wishing you all the best, man. And thank you very much for your time. It was always, It's always great chatting to you, my friend. All right. Thanks a lot, Mr. Njabs. Um, that's it for the show this week uh, be sure not to miss another episode of the Village Trader Podcast by subscribing on a favorite podcatcher everywhere where good podcasts are aggregated um, do join us uh, someone Brian and myself as you're listening this evening 5.30 on Zoom follow the trader series we do live trading um, trading to JC equities and some indices you're welcome to ask questions there um, and if you have any questions trading related uh, feel free, uh, whether it's mindset or technical analysis, feel free to drop me an email, jabula at villagetrader.co.za. Um, and if you are you know, wishing to, to, to see a, a particular guest or a particular question being asked, feel free to drop me an email, jabula at villagetrader.co.za. Otherwise, it's been great. Thank you, Lisa Khesha, for your time. Thank you for listening. Check you next time on the Village Trader. Cheers.